You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Kadri springs Coleman. We've got a two-on-one. Coleman shoots and scores! Offrenier battling hard behind the net. Centering Panarin. Scores! Artemi Panarin. It's 4-0 Rangers. And there is joy at the Shark Tank for the first time in a long time. Yes, off night. You know, it happens. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey, dog. Good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today, we are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by everythingfinancial.com. Financial freedom awaits. Book your introductory meeting today. Visit them online at everythingfinancial.com. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. It's another colorful day on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. A couple black t-shirts. You happen to be watching on the Sportsnet Plus app and watching the live stream of us talk to you in your ear hole. We're both wearing black shirts. Again, mm-hmm. for yeah. the 27th consecutive day. They're slimming. You're also going to arm wrestle on camera today. We are? Yeah. You got uh, black shirts? You're going to pull sleeves up? Is there gonna... a correlation between black shirts and oh, it arm wrestling? It looks like you guys are about to pump some iron or something. It's more know. likely that you're going to arm wrestle if you wear a black <laughs> it's shirt. It's true. That, that is a scientific fact. Only you two could have the same brainwave <laughs> on that one. Okay, let's yeah. get going. What's on the show today? We just want to be entertaining for once. Yeah, we're trying to be entertaining. <laughs> I stress the word trying. Uh, 6.30 guest list. Jeff Merrick is going to join us, host of the Jeff Merrick Show and the 32 Thoughts Podcast with Elliot Friedman. Lots to get into from around the NHL from last night. Uh, More drama for teams based out of Alberta. Flames win, but there's a major benching. There's also a major waving at Edmonton. And, of course, we'll talk about Canada's best hope, the Vancouver Canucks with Jeff. That's all at 6.30. 7.30, we're going to stick with the Alberta theme. Mark Spector from Sportsnet in Edmonton is going to join us. Uh, The day after the team waved... Jack Campbell, and now the Edmonton Oilers must compete with the San Jose Sharks for the worst record in the NHL because the Sharks did win last night. (laughs) We'll talk to Speck about that at 7.30. 8 o'clock hour, it's a real grab bag. We don't know what's going to happen. It's a choose-your-own-adventure book. JT Miller may or may not be on the show. I say choose-your-own-adventure because it appears as though JT will decide whether he wants to do it or not. (laughs) It's choose-his-own-adventure. Either go on the Halford and Bruff show or select the wizard's key. Last second, he's going to be like, no. Yeah. And the key, I would, the key, the key. And I would do the same if I was him. If you have the option, I would take the option not to. So he might join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Manny Viveros, the head coach of the Western Hockey League's Vancouver Giants, will definitely join us in the 8 o'clock hour. The 8 o'clock hour is all up for grabs. We know we're going to have one guest. We might have two We do know that we're giving away SmackDown tickets today for the best what we learned in that 8 o'clock hour. Start getting them in now. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. Hashtag it WWL. Tell us what you learned over the last 24 hours in sports. Add a ticket emoji, and you can win a pair of tickets to see WWE SmackDown 
on January 5th. That's a Friday at Rogers Arena. So again, working in reverse in the 8 o'clock hour, definitely Manny Viveros, maybe JT Miller. 7.30 is Mark Spector. 6.30 is Jeff Merrick. That is what's happening on the program today. Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? You missed that? What Happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. The reason we might, I repeat, might get JT Miller on the show today is because he's got a busy day. He has to fly to Ottawa. He and the rest of the crew. No, they already flew. They flew Are yesterday. Are sure about this? Yeah, they flew yesterday. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, I thought they were flying today. No, they're practicing today at 1 o'clock okay. uh, at the Canadian Tire Centre in Ottawa, so that's uh, 10 o'clock our time they're going to practice. So we all know that the Vancouver Canucks are on a crazy roll, but if you look around Canada, there are all sorts of hot spots. There's hot spots in Edmonton, obviously, Calgary, which we'll talk about in just a bit when we talk about the Flames game from yesterday. Uh, even Toronto, there are a few things rumbling there. Uh, and Ottawa is the same, and that is the Canucks opponent tomorrow. The Canucks play the Senators tomorrow, then they go to Toronto on Saturday, Montreal on Sunday before coming home to play Bo Bo Horvat and the New York Islanders. Uh, In Ottawa, Claude Giroux had to go to bat yesterday, or didn't have to, he felt like he wanted to go to bat for his head coach, DJ Smith, who has heard the boos and even some chants from the crowd of fire DJ Smith. And I think in Ottawa, there's a lot of people that just want to move on from the last regime. Yep. You know, it it just, it did not, it had, there were moments of success. Like it was kind of reminiscent of the Jim Benning era, right? Like Jim Benning had that, you know, he, he said, he he could say, listen, we drafted some really good players. We had the bubble run Ottawa, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like that last regime did get some good young talent in the door Mm -hmm. and they did go to a conference final. They nearly made it to the Stanley Cup final before the Pittsburgh Penguins beat them. But overall, it was such a chaotic and error-filled regime. Pierre Dorian is out and his firing was kind of symbolic of that. Like. Mm -hmm. He's, 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 the, the regime screwed up and like they didn't tell the other teams about a no trade list, you know, like it was just that sort of stuff where you're kind of like, you're not running a very tight ship there, are you? But so DJ Smith is kind of representative of that, of that, but the Ottawa Senators players, at least Claude Giroux seems to like his head coach. Yeah. There's two words that are uh, emanating from the nation's capital right now, and it's frustrating and it's distractions. The team and the players are frustrated. It's funny because when Claude Giroux sort of went to bat for his embattled head coach yesterday, the audio clip, which we don't have and we don't need it because I'll just kind of paraphrase it, but he actually got annoyed mid-answer because Josh Norris was speaking loudly in the locker next to him. And he kind of joked. He's like, Josh, shut up. I'm trying to concentrate here. And then he's like, ah, there's too many distractions. Trying to, trying to stick up for the head coach here. He was an angry old man. He's like, too many distractions around here. But that little snippet. He had to turn his hearing aid down. <laughs> he did. There was too, I can't, there's so many different voices going on in here. <laughs> the interesting thing is it really embodies what Ottawa's going through right now. is because the players 
just want to put all this stuff to bed. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be distracted. They don't want to be frustrated. The issue, and do we have the Kachuk audio? Because I kind of want to play it again. We played it the other day. Not the Hulk Hogan, right? No, no, not the Hulk Hogan. No, 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 Greg, not the Hulk Hogan. Brady Kachuk, and this is another big talking point out of Ottawa right now because he was asked about it. Yesterday, Brady Kachuk kind of had to address the remarks he made after the team's last loss, a 6-4 to loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning at the Canadian Tire Center. The Sens were booed off the ice. They've lost five of their last six. That was their second straight loss at home. People are obviously agitated and frustrated with this team. It's fair and fine that the players are also frustrated and agitated, but Kachuk took a weird turn. He took it out on the fans, and we'll play the audio now. Uh, Brady Kachuk following uh, the weekend's loss to Tampa Bay. Yeah, frustrating. I mean, it's whenever you don't win, it's it's frustrating, and um, it's frustrating the the negativity from the outside. It's um, the constant booing and, and uh, uh, kind of from the crowd too tonight was. Um, I understand that they're a passionate fan base. I understand. It. I love it. But um, I mean, when you face adversity, you don't you don't turn your back on uh, the, the guys out there. I mean, we're, we're playing hard. Um, I know it's frustrating right now, but it's not like we're we're giving up out there. We're fighting to the very end. So, um, to be honest with you, it's um, I, I was I was very frustrated tonight. So that was what Giroux was talking about in a different vein. But he's like, this is getting pretty frustrating because the fans are loud. They're calling for DJ Smith to be fired. They're booing the team on the ice. This team is ripe for the pickings. And the interesting thing here is that Ottawa's next game is not against Mm -hmm. Vancouver. Ottawa has the Battle of Ontario. They take on Toronto tonight in Toronto. So... This could go one of two ways. This could be a real rallying cry for this team where they're able to put all the drama behind them and get a win. Or in the rare time where I think I might actually be hoping for a Leafs win, I kind of want to see what happens if Ottawa gets skunked tonight and they got to come back again in front of those fans on the heels of a three-game losing streak. Well, regardless, the Canucks are going to be playing a tired team. Yes. So that's good news for the Canucks. So that audio that we played of Kachuk, that was the audio that got him in trouble? Trouble. Was that, well, was that, it's or, funny. No, okay, no, no, no. But like he, so that he addressed that clip that we played yesterday, right? He that did. wasn't him addressing it. No, that was him. He, yesterday he addressed what he said about the bull bleep from the fans. What did he say about it? He said that I've already moved on. Oh, okay. said I don't have social media. I don't really pay attention to the blowback. I said mm-hmm. what I said, and I'm just focused on the next game. So he didn't walk it back. He didn't really apologize. He just right. said I'm moving on to the next. And I think that. If there's a if there's something to be taken from all of this audio, it's that these guys are super frustrated. And why wouldn't they be? They're just over 10 games into a season. They've already had a major gambling scandal. <laughs> Their general manager got fired. They're in the middle of a... Well, they've had some pretty key season. injuries, too. Thomas Shabbat being out yeah. hurts them. Um, they've been missing Artem Zub. And Zub? Zub? How, Zub? Do you, how do you really compensate for the loss of Zub? Zub, Zub. Zub, Zub. Anyway, uh, I do want to get... God, there's so many great tire fires across the Canadian teams and the Canadian markets right now. We need to shift now to Edmonton, where the big news of the day yesterday was that Jack Campbell, just two years into a five-year, $25 million contract that pays $5 million annually, was placed on waivers for the purpose of assigning him to AHL Bakersfield. Laddie, do we have the uh, spec audio here? Mark Spector and Gene Principe from Vancouver did a stand-up on this yesterday. Spec, who we're going to have on the show later, minced no words 
about this contract and this situation. Here's what he had to say, spec, after the Oilers waived Jack Campbell. Yeah, uh, old scout once told me, Gene, that the Miners is filled with real nice guys, and there's one more that will be there soon as Jack Campbell will get through waivers and end up in Bakersfield. Uh, two summers ago, the Edmonton Oilers general manager, Ken Holland, found himself without a goalie. Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen had moved on. He went into the free agent waters and looked for a goaltender, ended up with Jack Campbell on a five-year uh, $25 million deal. That will stand as the worst contract Ken Holland has signed in his five-year tenure here in Edmonton. Uh, not two seasons later, Jack Campbell is on waivers and heading for the minors. So I want to bring Laddie into the conversation here because Jack Campbell, if you think about his career, has had a very interesting career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a highly touted young goalie. He was drafted 11th overall. I remember. Back in 2010. And then it just never really happened for him in the Dallas Stars organization. And he eventually ends up with the Los Angeles Kings where he's backing up Jonathan Quick and he finds his game. Uh, And then eventually the Leafs don't re-sign him and he signs with the Edmonton Oilers. But Laddie... Has the question with Jack Campbell always been between the ears with him? Um, it's hard to say. Like you never know what a guy's really thinking, right? So it's hard to speculate on whether a guy, you know, what's his rep? What's his rap? Well, his, his rep is that he's always been a, he's him. always been a boom or bust kind of guy, right? right? You either get lights out, unbelievable goaltending, or he cannot stop anything, and right. that's just. But been that the suggests case. to me there's some psychological stuff going Possibly, on. Possibly, right? like like you say, you can you can draw whatever conclusions you want from it, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it to do with his ups and downs, right? And that you don't get Jack Campbell in his top form all the time. And that's partially due to the way that he plays as well. He's a very aggressive goaltender, makes a lot of bold reads. And I think for a team like Edmonton that kind of trades chances with teams, it just doesn't work in that situation. Like it worked with the Leafs because they had a very tight defensive structure. Mm-hmm. And he, he probably is a league average goalie mm-hmm. if you if you shelter sure. him enough. Yeah, yeah. But you put him in that Oilers system, and I think this is what you get. So a five-year deal for a guy like that was a head-scratcher even from the beginning. I I think the way you start with a team really matters, too. Like It it shouldn't matter that much, your first few games, but Jack Campbell with the Oilers, he just never seemed to get off on the right foot. And there's a similar situation going on in Calgary right mm-hmm. now with Jonathan Huberdeau, right? Mm-hmm. It's just you get you get to a team and you're kind of like, it doesn't go well. I mean, think about Louis Erickson. He just scored on his own net before he did anything for the Canucks, Not right? The best like, he didn't have the best start. You know, some of that might be age-related. Some of it might be age-related with Jack Campbell, who's 31 years old. And the same with Huberdeau. But when you go to a new team and it and, and there's a lot expected of you, and obviously there was a lot expected of Huberto and Calgary and Jack Campbell and Edmonton. Like he he was supposed to be the final piece. Mm-hmm. And when you go into that situation with that sort of pressure on you and it starts going the wrong way, like it was kind of uh it was kind of sad how it went for Jack Campbell this season. Like he came into training camp and I don't know, he had new he had a new approach. And then he played well in the preseason. And remember, he started that first game against the Canucks. Just one of the and most was galaxy kind of like, brain moves yeah. by Jay Woodcroft ever. And Jay, Jay, but 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 and like I think in hindsight, they were just like, well, he's either going to be our starter or there's going to be big problems, right? And maybe the organization just felt like 
he was their best shot, and it wasn't Stuart Skinner, mm-hmm. which is funny because Skinner was their best goalie last season, and he's still pretty young. He was in the Rookie of the Year conversation, but for whatever reason, they were like, we need to make Jack Campbell a thing, and they forced it. And that first game against the Canucks, I don't know if anyone remembers how that went, it didn't go well for Jack Campbell, didn't go well for the Oilers. They lost 8-1 to one to the Canucks, and it was like, all the good things that happened for Jack Campbell in the preseason went out the window. Uh, Cam from Delta writes into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Did Speck just say that Jack Campbell's contract will be the worst that was ever signed during the Holland era in Edmonton? Does Speck realize what Darnell Nurse is getting paid? Cam, we can save that question for Mark Spector himself because he's going to be on the show at 730 today when we go to Edmonton. Uh, but we got to bounce from Edmonton. To Calgary now, man, what a great start to the show. We get to revel in the disaster that is Ottawa. We get to revel in all the dysfunction in Edmonton. And now we go to Calgary, where they can't even have good things happen to them. Yes, the Calgary Flames won last night a 4-2 victory. Four unanswered goals, by the way, uh, over the National Predators. Yeah, they were down 2 nothing. And all those goals were scored without the services of Jonathan Huberto in the third period. Huberto was benched for the entirety of the third period by rookie head coach Ryan Huska. Yeah, they went to three lines. The two other two other fourth liners were 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 benched as well. Right. But the story obviously yeah. was that the guy making uh, an egregious sum of money did not play a single minute in the third period. Dylan Dubé, Noah Hannafin and Blake Coleman scored for the Flames. Jonathan Huberto did not. Here's the head coach Ryan Huska on why he decided to sit Huberto in the third period. I thought Hubie had an off night, and when we went into the third period, we wanted to try to get a little bit more flow, and we went with the guys we felt were going, uh, and that's pretty much all it came down to. How did he take that? He's he's fine. Like I'm, he, it's not anything anybody wants to go through ever, but hey, at times it's going to happen. You're, you're not going to have your A plus game every night, and as I said, we are trying to find a little bit of a rhythm and. Um, flow to our our game, and when at that point we went with the guys we thought were were going the best. Was it was it an effort thing at all, or was it just? No, it's just oh, yes, off night. You know, it happens. Technically, it doesn't happen all that often because Sportsnet stats went out and dug up the stats. Huberto hasn't been benched in a game since 2019. So that's the first time it happened in four years. So all due respect to Ryan Huska, this is a little bit more than a guy just having an. Off- this is obviously, obviously a culmination of a guy having an off start to the season and a rough start to the season. And finally, the head coach said, you know what? We can't keep doing this, at least not in this game. And I think it is very damning for Jonathan Huberto that his team rallied with four straight goals and won a hockey game when he didn't participate in an entire third of it. Yeah, I've been watching a little bit of the Flames. I didn't watch last night, but I I watched their last few games. And Huberto just, he's so out of sync. And you know what it reminds me of? Petey a couple years ago Mm -hmm. when he couldn't even pick up a puck. I was actually thinking about that the other day. Actually, during the game when I was uh, uh, at Rogers Arena for the Stars game. And Petey was dancing away out there with the puck. Like There was a couple entries he made into the Dallas zone that were just like, so much confidence sure. and so much skill. And I was like, this guy two years ago couldn't pick up a pass. Do you remember that? Do you remember watching him and just being like, there was the he, one he game. Would just, he would just, there was more than one game. No, no, no. There was the one game, and I think it was against Carolina. Well, that was rock bottom. That, right? was, the, that was the low, right? Where it yeah. looked like, his, like he didn't have a skate blade on one skate and he was tripping all <laughs> over the place. It was not good. It was but not it was good. just like he would pick up the puck and he would immediately fumble it. 
it was just it was hard to watch, right? And thankfully, Petey rediscovered his game. Um, maybe it was a mental thing, maybe it was a confidence thing. Who knows? Who cares at this point, right? He's found past. his game. It's great, it's great for him and it's great for the Canucks and it's great for his agent. Uh, but with Jonathan Huberto, you wonder if there is a similar comeback that he can make. People will bring up his age, but he's not like a hundred. He's not like it, it. It would be very surprising to me, you know, for, as a guy that even talks about age all the time. And like, the moment you hit thirty, I'm like writing you off. But like, it, it's it's impossible to say that that's the case with Jonathan Huberto. I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think it's just like his confidence is in an all time low, and I think. The comfort level that he had in Florida playing whatever system they played, um, just he hasn't found that in Calgary. And I know there's been a lot of analysis done on the system the Flames play versus the system the, the Florida Panthers played, but like it's way more than that. It's, it's not just a system thing. There's clearly a major confidence issue. Like he was he what he wasn't able to pick up the puck the last time I saw him. Right. Like he yeah. was, I was like, are your hands broken? Because it looks like it. They might be. That could be why he sat in the third period yesterday to rest his broken hands. You know, apparently he's a really good guy too. Like Jack Campbell, apparently a lot of people really liked him. Jonathan Huberto, the same thing. And his teammates were saying after, after the game, like, you know, he's a positive guy. Um, this is our job now to try and lift him up. Just like we know he'd lift us up and you know in the third period he was encouraging for us even though he wasn't playing you know great team guy etc cetera, etc cetera. uh drance was always drance is always saying like you knew him in florida he's yep. saying a great guy but man great guy or not a great guy you look at that contract for the flames Ten and a half million dollar cap hit yeah, it's brutal <laughs> it's, it's in brutal. the first year of an eight-year deal and he's getting benched for an entire period and not for like with the JT Miller thing, right? Like he got benched and you were kind of like, yeah, he was just running a little hot. Like he was benched because he was taking too many penalties. He wasn't being benched because he's not helping the team score. You know, Miller, the very next period, he comes out and draws a penalty and he scores a goal. Nobody's complaining about Miller's play this season. It's a completely different situation in Calgary. And if I'm the head coach there, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here. What, 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 how can we help you? Well, he found, he, he found the way he benched him and they won. That's the biggest takeaway for me is oh, that when and that's he didn't, the, and that's he didn't so play, damning. they rallied with four unanswered goals. Yeah. Like, do you think I he was, tell you. do you think he was sneaky? Like this doesn't look good for me. Yeah. <laughs> Tapping his stick on the bench lightly. This could like, hurt this my reputation. <laughs> yeah. Huge oh. grin on his face. He's like, this is the worst day ever. Okay. Uh, Ken from Richmond texting with an early, what we learned. Hashtag WWL. What we learned. I didn't think I'd be so invested in sharks versus Oilers games. 12 games into the season. Yes, as we go to break, congrats are in order to the San Jose Sharks. Sharks win. Sharks win after 11 consecutive losses to start the season. The San Jose Sharks finally won a hockey game yesterday. A 2-1 victory over the visiting Philadelphia Flyers. Earlier in the day, Mike Greer went down and kind of read the riot act to the players. He said, guys, we can't keep giving up 10 goals a game. We won't allow it. We have certain things that this organization doesn't stand for. Allowing 10 goals every game. At least try to cut it down to nine if you can, guys. And they cut it all the way down to one. Kudos to Mackenzie Blackwood, who made a bunch of saves, including 15 in the third period. The only negative about this is that we had set the table for Thursday night's game 
between the Sharks and the Oilers. I really wanted the Sharks to go into that game with no wins at all and then have them beat Edmonton for their first win yeah. of the season. I know. It was disappointing. But you know Stupid what? Stupid Philly. Stupid Philly. <laughs> Dang it. Torts. Anyway, uh, the, now uh, we can't spin it, though, because it does set up a huge clash of the Titans. The two worst teams in the NHL looking to stay out of the basement when San Jose and Anaheim or Anaheim, San Jose and Edmonton meet uh, tomorrow. That's at 730. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. Jessica, the cemetery worker, texted in one. We're going to need more information there. Right. There's so many different jobs you can have at a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Head digger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's how it's on the business card. Uh, I'm applying for the head digger position. <laughs> what about, like, greeter? Yeah. Like, hey. Welcome. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? Jessica writes in what we learned with the chicken. the center. I learned that the Canucks ride up in the front seat today because they are good guys at sports. So that's another good Simpsons reference there as well. You guys made one during the American. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this is. I don't know where we're going with this. No, well, this isn't Simpsons. This is actual real audio from... Well, you explain it, Laddie. Yeah, well, you're talking about Ann Lauer getting to Ottawa and realizing there's all these problems day after day. Well, there's actual audio of him mic'd up getting the tour of the Ottawa facilities when he bought the team and took over. Now, this is their room with electricity, but it has too much electricity. So, I don't know, you might want to wear a hat. Uh-huh. Floor feels a little gritty here. Yeah, we ran out of floorboards there, so we painted the dirt. Pretty clever. Come on in. It's your master bedroom. Ow, my nose. <laughs> so that's him going through the facilities. And yeah, he got to his, his boardroom at the end there. Eight o'clock on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. All right, I've got my read too. Yes, we are coming to you live from the Kintech studios, right. Jason. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at Kintech.net. You are listening to Sportsnet 650. This is your home of the Canucks. The Canucks are currently in Ottawa, ahead of tomorrow night's game against the Senators. Joining us now, live from Ottawa, Canucks forward JT Miller here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, JT. How are you? Hey, how you doing, guys? How are you? Uh, good. Thanks for taking the time to do this today. We really appreciate it. Uh, I did want to start with just getting a sense of where the team is at. Yes, it's a vibe check. Jason told me not to say vibe check, but I'm going to roll with it. So look, um, we've heard Rick Talkett say it's important to stay humble and we don't want to let the highs get too high. And you guys have talked about it as well. But at the same time, are you guys allowing yourselves to enjoy this start? It's been a great one uh, and just sort of lean into it a little bit that things are going really well right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good way of putting it is uh, trying to find that balance of, you know, enjoying having, uh, you know, our first good start in, you know, three, four years, but also staying in the moment and keep our keeping our day-to-day mantra going. And, you know, I think that's a good mindset for our team to have right now is not get caught up on what our record is, just focus at the task at hand and, you know, which day we're on. And we've been doing that so far, and I think we're going to continue to do that. How do you feel about your play? I feel good. Um I don't know. I feel like we've had uh, obviously playing in a more of a matchup role, and 
you know, I just feel like our line is doing a good job of committing to checking and being on top of some good players. And, um, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of keeping the puck out of our end for the most part. And, you know, like I said, the points, you know, they'll, they'll come and go as the season goes on. Like I said, I don't really evaluate on myself on that, but um, I've uh, definitely had some luckier ones so far this year. So obviously that's, uh, that'll come back to reality, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're, you know, when the team plays this well, everybody looks good in my opinion. And right now, I mean, you know, everything seems to be going and we're, you know, we're not where we want to be yet either, which is exciting. I think we can have another level of our game and um, we're learning how we're going to create this identity right now. And it's fun. It was so much fun to watch you battling with McDavid uh, the other night and he was clearly frustrated. Um, What's the biggest challenge of getting a shutdown assignment, whether it's McDavid or any of the other great players in the, in the NHL? Um, well, I guess the challenge is, in general is you just don't want, you have to be above your check. I mean, if you give them time and space and you're playing on their back all game, that's an advantage for them. So I think we just focus on, you know, never turning the puck over and making sure they got to go 200 feet to get us and always trusting in your structure. And, you know, I mean, obviously McDavid's different, right? I mean, he's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the best player in the world and maybe ever. Right. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy that you just have to kind of glue yourself to and, try to get under his skin and, um, you know, but just, it, it doesn't really change. You know, the way you play the game doesn't really, shouldn't matter if you're playing against the first line, you know, through the fourth line, it should be the same all the time and you should play with an identity. And I think as a group in general, we've just done a better job as of late trying to get to that. It must be so tough to just like maintain your focus the whole time you're out there against McDavid, because if you lose it for 0.5 seconds, he's like 20 feet away from you. Well, I think that's actually easier to keep your focus if that's the case, right? I mean, if you know that if if you understand that if you lose your focus or take a shift off, there's a good chance he's going to get a scoring chance, right? So, I mean, for me, that makes it easier on staying focused and engaged. And I know for Brock and Phil as well, we're constantly looking for him and constantly waiting for him to get on the ice. And it's fun. You know, we really get up for those games and we, we love that challenge. I mean, you're playing against maybe the best player of all time, one of them. And he's, yeah, I mean, he, he's got a chance to, score every time he's on the ice if he wanted to right so i think that's the challenge and um you know it feels good that uh you know we feel like we did a good job of limiting the amount of shots and chances he got so uh jt you have been at the center of discussion in this vancouver hockey market for a number of years um you have three young kids at home what is more chaotic the vancouver hockey market or your life at home believe it or not the vancouver hockey market (laughs) (laughs) And I stand by that. No, I, it's, it's, I was just talking to my wife the other day. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nonstop really, you know, it's, you go home and get an off day on the weekend. Um, you know, it's a day on that's for sure. It's, you know, I guess three under five at the house and I, it's fun. It's exciting. But when you go from chaotic at work to chaotic at home, it's definitely uh, a lot of eight o'clock bedtimes at our house, which is great. Is it, is it nice to have that though at, at home where you have those distractions? Like, you could have had a bad game or you could be the center of the, of the discussion for all the fans, but you've got three young kids that demand your attention. Yeah. I mean, that, that helps, but also you have to be able to turn it off when you leave the rink. I know that that's easier said than done sometimes, but you know, I look forward to going to the rink and I look forward to leaving the rink because I know who I'm going home to. And and that's my favorite part of my day is going home to my kids and my wife and spending time with them. Cause this time of year is hard, right? This, uh, you know, the first 20 games of the season, 30 games of the season, we spent a lot of time on the road and, you know, I love coming home. I, I feel like I'm missing all the, their, their sports and stuff and picking them up from school. You know, those are the best times. So it's, uh, you try to cherish that stuff whenever you get an opportunity. 
So JT, I always wonder about this, and, and I've wondered about this for a lot of players that have come through Vancouver, whether they be Roberto Luongo or the Sedins or anyone who's under pressure and constantly getting discussed. Like, what's it like to have your name trending on social media and have people discussing? And you've got guys like me saying, like, God, I think they should trade him. Like, he's you don't want to give him a contract extension. He's thirty years old now, and that's you know that that that's ancient in the NHL. What what's it like to have to deal with the doubters? And I guess as a follow up, what's it like to start the season so well and kind of stick it to all the guys like me? Uh well, first of all, I don't pay, I don't really pay attention to it. I, I, like, I'm not on social media at all. You know, I have a you know I, that, I mean I everything that I hear is just is stuff I hear. I don't read it right. So I mean, I can see where if you're constantly in the media, it's getting to people. But I think that's to the person and how you are as a person. You know, I I feel like I'm you know people may not like me or they might love me. I don't know, but it, I also don't really care either way. You know, I'm going to be who I am no matter what. And um, I understand that sometimes that may look bad from people on the internet or whatever, but they're on the internet. So I could care less. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm minding my own bit. I got a job to do at home and at the rink and I, you know, people that are typing it out on the internet, I could care less what they think. Uh, at the age of 30, do you try and instill or impart some of that wisdom on the younger guys? Like, Hey, maybe don't be on social media. Uh, I don't know. I, I gave up on that. Those guys, their screen time's probably three times what mine is. Today. I like, I think it's just part of the game nowadays, and that's something i got to live with. I'm just trying to pick my battles. Do you feel like you're a bit of an old-school player? Like, I feel like you would have thrived in the 80s. That would have been like, you would have, you were, not that you're not thriving right now, but like, I, I read a quote from you, and you said, uh, you said, for me, it's a lost art to quote-unquote give an F, and sometimes you show it differently. Can you, can you expand a little bit more on that? Um, I'm sorry, I, I kind of didn't hear you there. Can you repeat the quote again? Sorry. Oh, sorry. So the the quote, I think it was uh, an interview with uh, either it might have been with Drance in the Athletic, and he said, "For me, if you said for me, it's a lost art to quote unquote give an F, and sometimes you show it differently." Yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know. I just like you just said. I feel like when I'm playing well, I'm playing up, you know, a hard nose in your face style of game, and. I mean, like you just said, I would probably thrive in the 80s. I don't know about that, but I mean, I definitely feel like a more old school player. Um, the league is a more skilled league now. I mean, I think that's very obvious. I mean, lines one through four can all really play the game, and there's uh, you know you have less and less role players. So I mean, I guess in that sense, I'd be a little more old school. But um, I don't know. I think there, there's this constant. Uh, guilt that comes with showing your emotions right and i just feel like that's not always a bad thing i mean obviously i show mine more than others but you know i think that's what makes me a good player too is that uh i'm an emotional person and i'm okay with that we're speaking to connects forward jt miller here on the halford and bruff show on sportsnet 650 jt joins us live from ottawa uh jt one of your teammates quinn hughes what has changed about the leadership group and what changes have you seen in quinn since he's been named captain uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, in a complimentary form, like, I don't think a whole lot's changed, which is, uh, you know, Quinn and I talked before the season and, you know, we want, we didn't want things to really change in the room. We have, you know, a really good dynamic in the room and, you know, he's just leading by example, you know, he's our, you know, consistently been our, probably our best player since I've been here. And he's, you know, he does the, he's been more vocal than ever. He's got so much respect from his teammates and, um, you know, he's been a fantastic captain to start this season. And, um, couldn't be happier for him, but at the same time, I mean, 
we're just playing better hockey as a team. You know, we're breaking the puck out better. We're forechecking better. Our special teams is better. Thatcher's playing unreal. When you put all that together, I mean, you're going to get success, right? And then when you have guys like Petey, Demmer, and, and Huggy uh, that can just take over a game at any moment, I mean, that's got to be wins if you guys are playing the right way or if we're playing the right way. So, um, like I said, we're enjoying right now winning some hockey games at the start of the season, trust me, because we haven't done it a lot the last few years. But at the same time, we know that if we want to keep doing what we're doing, we got to stay level-headed and just realize that, you know, we're going into the next game with a record of 0-0 and try to try to win that game. And it uh, starts with a good practice in Ottawa, then we'll do it again tomorrow. And I know it's cliche for everybody trying to write a story, but honestly, we're trying to stick with that because, uh, you know, it's been a refreshing mindset so far. Uh, I don't want to belabor the Hughes stuff too much, but we prior to the season, we wondered openly, like, how much better can the guy play? Because he's been a fantastic defenseman for this team for the last few years, but there is a certain certain leveling up that's happened this season. It's hard not to ignore. You look around, and he's at the top of a lot of people's Norris candidate ballots already. Um, you've played with a lot of good defensemen uh, throughout your time in the NHL. Where does Hughes rank, given where he's playing and how he's playing right now? Oh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's hard, right? But I mean, on a skill level wise, I mean, I've probably never played with anybody like him. Um, he's uh, just the way he can break the puck out by himself. It's a bit of a cheat code for us. Um, the other team can do everything right. And somehow we're out of the zone. So, I mean, that and his ability to walk the blue line. And obviously he's been shooting more this year and he's getting, you know, he's creating his own luck and his bounces. And it's because he's firing the puck at the net a lot more. And, you know, he's already on pace to crush his, you know, his goals, whatever his personal best is, right? So, you know, and, and there's a reason those are going in is he's, by, by walking the line on both both directions, he's creating time and space. And, you know, if there's traffic at the net, those pucks are going to find a way if he keeps doing it over and over again. And, you know, it's, I mean, those two capabilities that he has just by breaking the puck out and, you know, creating time and space in the ozone, there's not a whole lot of players in the league that can do what he's doing. With uh, Hughes and Demko and yourself and Brock Besser scoring goals right now, how badly do you want an Olympics? Oh, I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't thought about it for two seconds. Really? Um, no, not at all. Uh, we like we have a job to do with this team. We're very tight with this group. Um, you know, our, our whole focus and mindset right now is with this team, and I haven't thought two seconds about an Olympics. Understandable. Well, JT, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's a busy time uh, for you and the team. Have a good practice today and keep this uh, keep this streak going through Eastern Canada. No doubt, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Good luck against the Sens. That's JT Miller, Canucks forward here on the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650, live from Ottawa. Breaking news, uh, you have not impacted the life of JT Miller. He was not aware of your comments about the aging well, curve and potentially trading him. So that's... But that's interesting because I, I knew that um, he was a uh, block out the outside world guy. Like mm. he, his mindset is, I'm not going to have any outside distractions that don't have a tangible effect on my playing career, my on ice performance. None of that is going to matter to me. It's hard to silo yourself off like that. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how you don't hear the noise in some way, shape, or form. Well, I think he hears the noise, but he mentioned like he hears it through others. You 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 hear. He doesn't go actively seek it out. Right. There's a difference between hearing, unless, hearing unless he, and listening. I unless he's lying to us, and now he's like on his phone. I'm like, I wonder how they thought of my interview. Yeah. Like, I, I just it, I don't I don't. Did get a dog that upload sense, the though. podcast yet? That's him wondering aloud if the podcast. I, is I, it's I, not. I I've told the story about talking to Horvat about social media, though. Right. This was a few years ago. When yeah. When he was, I don't even think he was the captain then. And I was kind of having an aside with him 
when I used to still go into the dressing room after games and be like, why, why are you even on social media? Like what, what is to gain from it? And how many people have we heard from since then, including Horvat mm-hmm. that have said like, I don't do social media anymore. Yeah. And they, they might have accounts, but they're not running them. Right. I mean, I, I, and I don't even think it's necessarily a social media thing. Because I, th- I think then the conversation really starts to become about the merits and the values of social media. And then it sort of devolves into, ooh, let's complain about Elon Musk. I think the big thing, the- at its core, the question is, can you block out all the outside noise? Is it easy? Is it difficult? Do you need to be wired a certain way just as a personality? Can you learn those traits? Are there some people... I think that- it's a discipline. And there's- but there's some people that go the other way. Mm-hmm. They use it as fuel. Yeah. Fuel their fire. I mean, God, go back and watch the last dance documentary <laughs> and listen to Michael Jordan actively seek out personal slights, Man. real or imagined, because he knew that he was wired that that would fire him up beyond anything else. That is a, I mean, and that's a really hard trait to master because you have to be one. So singularly focused in exacting revenge, but two, you <laughs> acting revenge. That's what it is. <laughs> but two, you also have to be so unbelievably skilled that you have the ability to do it. Like mm-hmm. all due respect to like a third or fourth line plug in the NHL, they're probably not reading their ple- press clippings and being like, "Well, I'm going to go out and show them." No, you're getting 12 minutes a night. You're going to do your job, and you're going to try and avoid the mm-hmm. distractions. So Jordan's obviously an anomaly in this whole thing. But like with a guy like Can you Miller, imagine Jordan if he played during social media, though? No. Can't. He might have been unstoppable. He might have been the greatest singular force in sports history because it would have been a constant fuel. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I do wonder if people would have maybe... It's so much more direct with social media. Yeah, and like I, wonder, I wonder if less people would have poked the bear but, but in a situation you, like that. Well, no. Well, no. No. We, I think, I mean, Jordan didn't really respond to fans. He was like, he'd read the newspaper. Yeah, but he would respond to newspapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just so much more direct on social media. Just the ability to search your name. Mm-hmm. Can you, like, JT Miller trended in Vancouver and across Canada on Twitter for yeah. like, it seemed like three straight years. Mm-hmm. It was just like his name was out there. Mm-hmm. So... I've always wondered, and it's kind of why I, why I asked him the question, like, what's that like? And now for Miller, his answer was like, I don't know. It feels like life because I'm not even aware of that. But even, <laughs> even if you don't, like, go into the nitty-gritty, like, go on to Twitter and search your name and see all the, the, the little comments, just living your life knowing that people are always discussing you, mm-hmm. I think that must be... If anything, a little bit weird. Yeah, and there's well, there's a lot that goes into the job beyond hockey, right? And part of it was what Miller talked about right off the hop with the interview. We asked him, like, hey, it's great that you're preaching uh, humility and being humble and not letting the highs get too high. But how do you balance that with you got to enjoy this? Mm-hmm. You have to allow yourself to enjoy the good times. Because I always thought, like, Jordan's... Um the way he was wired to, I always thought that was a bit sad. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Like you're, what are you living your whole life to just prove people wrong? No, but look, I mean, you want to flip it on its head. It's like, you need to find that edge. Yeah. In in a, what? Jason looks at Michael Jordan. What a sad life <laughs> that man has. I mean, there are people that Poor say existence. that he was so obsessively competitively hardwired that yeah. he probably didn't enjoy 
at life or his accomplishments as much as he maybe should have. Right. Because the, the, it was always about the next challenge or the next guy to step mm-hmm. to me or the next personal affront. And hey, listen, listen, just we're, we're just wired differently, obviously. Right. In many ways. In many, many ways. But I, 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 I don't know. Is there a better way? Is there a better way to motivate yourself? I, I just think that comes down to a personal thing. Yeah. Right? You can, I mean, you could try and motivate guys, and God knows, like, there's an entire industry mm-hmm. within sports built on trying to motivate, you know. But the reality of it is, and I think it's probably true, there might be some exceptions, Here, but here's the a, majority of motivation comes from within. An idea for the Michael Jordans of the world, an AI robot machine that comes up with insults that will inspire you <laughs> yeah, and encourage totally, you to right? do well in sports. Yeah, they just have like a hire like a bot farm in Russia to, to there you go. Like, <laughs> criticize Michael Jordan. They come cheap the these time. days. It's five bucks. <laughs> but look, I mean Miller like Miller's the, look, the interesting thing about JT Miller is that there is a passion that clearly burns. And there's an emotion there that he even alluded to. He said, I think I'd play better. Mm-hmm. But he does not need any outside influences to drive him like you said you were trying to put it on a t-form like do you does it feel good to kind of stick it in everybody's faces and he's like i don't i don't know i don't even know what you guys were saying like that but right there's a passion that burns from somewhere where he's just like he's fiery and he's emotional and i'm sure a lot of it has to do with being at that level and by that i mean the highest level mm-hmm. and then getting to do stuff like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go annoy the crap out of connor mcdavid tonight i'm going to shut him down yeah that's a challenge that most of us one couldn't even come close to meeting. We'd fall way short if we tried to do it. So being one of the few handful of people on the planet that can go out and, I mean, look, that game against the Oilers the other night, Miller won that matchup head-to-head decisively, right? That wasn't just sawing off the best player, and as he put it, the best player maybe ever. Mm -hmm. He didn't just saw him off and play him to a draw. He got really under his skin. But he also scored when McDavid didn't. He shut down McDavid when McDavid couldn't shut down him. Like, there's a certain level of, and again, this we're talking about the upper elite echelon, 1% of the best 1% in the world at their jobs, and I'm sure that's what drives the guys. So uh, it was good of Miller to join us on the road, too, because he had countless better things to do with his time. Yeah, I, I was laughing when he called it screen time for the guys. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's a dad. Nice. He's 30. He's got three kids. He knows yeah. what screen time. He knows he, he chastises his teammates the same way he does his kids, probably with phone times. Like, get yeah. off the phone. You have too much screen time. Yep, that's yeah, that's it. I'm Twin, looking at you, Neil. Guys, we're killing this penalty, or we're taking your iPads. Wait, your 20 minutes are up. Get off the iPad. We better kill this penalty. Wiggles video. <laughs> was that to the kids or was that to the and players? Eat your I, dinner. I, I might be projecting here from my <laughs> earlier days. Okay, uh, we've got a lot more to get to. Quinn Hughes it seems like he would be like the fussy eater of the group, right? Yeah, like, Quinn, Quinn you didn't touch your broccoli again. Yeah, Quinn's like, I like grilled cheese sandwiches. Although, uh, I was watching one of those. Vign- he's cooking more now. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, so I was watching one of those now. vignettes. Yeah, he's growing up. He's yeah. growing up. Like, what are you cooking? Are delivering content on <laughs> yeah. the daily. So the other one I learned. What are you cooking, uh, day, Quinn? Uh, he said he really got grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> he said he. <laughs> so I put the cheese in the sandwich. I'm using a panini maker now, though. Yeah. Well, Mixing no. So he said he learned a lot about cooking during COVID, which is hilarious because um, having been around a lot of NHL players throughout the courses of our careers and all the different stops that we've had, and then seeing some of them, like some of them take their diets really seriously, right? Yeah. Uh, Zdeno Chara quite famously basically went, I don't know if he went full vegan, but he was a vegetarian. Well, the Sedins, they'd have like a lick of ice cream for dessert. Exactly. Once every six months. They're like, all right, it's time for that biannual lick of ice cream. Like they were super disciplined, right? Yeah. Then there are other guys 
Like Johnny Gaudreau's diet mm-hmm. was basically ham and cheese sandwiches every day of his life. <laughs> Johnny Ham and Cheese was his nickname, right? Phil Kessel. Phil- I don't like water. Phil Kessel. If this is enough Diet Coke in it, I'll be very, very angry. <laughs> so the anecdote with Phil Kessel is he did not like water. Just in general. Still doesn't. Right. And like he and then there was always the jokes that his water bottle would be filled with Diet Coke and he just didn't care for the taste of water. He didn't like water, period. It like he didn't like it. That's a guy that probably doesn't have the greatest diet on the planet, right? And it's just funny to see how different it can become within NHL circles. Cause you just assume you're like, well, you're a, a highly paid professional athlete. Yeah. You would think that your entire life is dedicated to the ultimate peak fitness and everything. You drink water, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. Basic questions like, do you consume H2O? And he's like, no, nah, no, of not sorts, for me. Of yeah. sorts? Not for me. There's no water in Diet Coke. No, thank you. Uh, Gunner from Kelowna, what we learned, I learned that after years of not being a JT Miller fan, I have gained some respect for him from both the interview and also him holding restraint in dropping the gloves to Hammer McDavid. Funny how winning changes people. Yeah, JT Miller, his stock is super high right now, and so are the Canucks. Uh, They're in action this week, tomorrow against the Ottawa Senators. They're going to practice today in Ottawa. They're going to hit the ice in about an hour and a half. Saturday, they're in Toronto to play the Leafs. Sunday, they're in Montreal to play the Habs. And then they return home. And I think this is going to be a real interesting one against Bo Horvat and the New York Islanders. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.